The Gulf Coast Growth Show is sponsored by Chevron Pasadena Refinery and is an extension of the Economic Alliance Houston Port Region, where our mission is to market and grow a vibrant regional economy. All right, guys. Hey, welcome back to the Gulf Coast Growth Show and our season finale for season eight. We are excited to be here today. We couldn't have really a more exciting person to join us, but I'm your host, Jason Lee, joined by Zeke Smith. What's up, buddy? And we have Termite Watkins, a local legend here. And, and Termite, it's funny because I've seen you for three, four, five years since I've been running around doing the show and I kept saying, hey, we've always said we got to get Termite on and then nothing really manifested. So when this happened, I was so excited. And we're going to go with like a different style today. Normally, we kind of have a really bullet pointed agenda and all this stuff, but we're today we're just freestyling with termite. So we're excited to do that as we wrap up the season. So uh, glad to have you today, man. Excited. Good to be here. Yeah. But you know, freestyling can get you in trouble. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> let's go for it. Yeah. Let's see what happens. See, so, we get a little trouble today. Dude. <laughs> so uh, real quick for our audience, again, we said local legends. So I mean, most people are going to know who you are, but if they don't, why don't you give us a just tell us a little bit about your story. Um, you know, I, I love going back in history because uh, the day I was born, Houston, Texas, my dad was a gangster, a real one. A lot of people don't know that. Oh, wow. And uh, um, he was an alcoholic, the drugs, all that kind of stuff. But when I was born, a guy that worked for him uh, started calling me termite the day I was born. And his daughter, uh, my dad was in the pest control. Uh, his this man, Leon's daughter, could say termite. My bro, my older brother could say termite. So for 67 years now, I've been called termite. Oh, nice. And so that's how I got the name. Now, at 10 years old, my dad made a change in his life uh, from being an alcoholic and from the drugs and uh, other kinds of stuff. He was a true gangster. And he gave his heart to Christ. Awesome. And he made a big change. And at that point, he was on again. He'd be on fire for God for a year, and then he'd be off the off the wagon for a year. And he was back and forth. But uh, so that's how I got my start. But at ten years old, I had already got caught stealing from a, a store. I would. I, I learned about business. Right. <laughs> I, I I learned I could go in the store at ten years old and steal this candy, and then go and sell it for a nickel and a dime, and, and I had good markup right. and until <laughs> until I got caught. They call that justice shopping. That's what that's called, <laughs> justice, not stealing. It's justice shopping. <clears throat> well, I had a little racket going, but then at 10 years old, I got caught. Okay. Best thing ever happened to me. And my dad believed in whippings, and he whipped me. He gave me what you call a whooping. Yeah. And um, it was such a whooping that I've never stole anything again in my life. Matter of fact, when my kids were little, they would touch something on the on the candy shelf. I'd say, no, don't do that. It yeah, hurts. It hurts. So, but at 10 years old, uh, somebody told my dad, Bill, you can get termite, you should get termite into boxing. Um, it'll, you know, occupy his time and take his energy away. So so they got me into boxing, and, and i got to tell you this story. So I was at the baseball park one day, and my dad was our coach. Dads, get involved with your kids. So mm -hmm. uh, I was playing baseball. They This man pulls up. His name was Joe Dove, and he had his, his um, 
his son and two twin brothers in the back of the truck. And they pull up and they call me in and I come up and, and this is back in the days you wasn't supposed to do that. I mean, today you'd get you in trouble, but back then you did this. But he had a beer in one hand out on the baseball field, cigarette in the other, and he had dark green glasses. And he says, uh, I come running up. They call me to come up there. And he said, hey, Termite, you want to be a boxer? I didn't know what a boxer was. I said, yeah, sounds good, you know. So he took me down to my dad's garage, which was two blocks away, and he put gloves on me. And he put them on with one twin brother, the Carr brothers, the Carr twins. And he beat the devil out of me. <laughs> I mean, he gave me a spanking. It was only one minute, but but you know, when you get a spanking for one minute, that's a long time. It's a long minute. <laughs> it's a rough so, year. Got a whooping and a, and a, and a whooping. Man. And a whooping. Yeah. And uh, so then he put the gloves on with the other twin brother. He whipped me. Then he put him on with his son. And he beat the devil out of him. He was the best fighter of them all. And uh, he said, yeah, Bill, I think he'll make it. So I, you know, that, that, <laughs> he take a whooping. Yeah. So that's what, yeah, exactly. So that night I weighed in at 65 pounds. And the next night I fought. And I got whipped again in the ring. But a week later, and this is why it's so important that we make sure that our kids, our employees, people that we associate with, we make sure they're winners. And the next one I won, and it changed my life. I loved the feeling of being a winner. And then a week later, I fought again, got whipped again. <laughs> and uh, But my dad got me a trainer. The trainer, until he passed, lived right here in, in, in uh, he, uh, Deer Park. His wife, Faye, still does. But Kenny Weldon started training me. And Kenny went on to train Evander Holyfield and oh, wow. great guys, but I was his first fighter. And so with a good teacher, a good coach, I always tell people, make sure you're a great communicator. And he communicated great with me. And at 10 years old, I went, I won 65 fights without losing, which is unheard of wow. in boxing. Because you're fighting the fighter, you're fighting the crowd, you're fighting the judges, you're fighting everybody. Sure. And uh, then I went on to make the um, uh, USA. I won the nationals at 16. It had never been done before, uh, which gave me a spot on the USA team. Going to brag again. Awesome. My roommate, when I made the USA team, it's one of the Olympic team. There's five of them. And um, anyway, my roommate was Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, my God. And so. Uh, you may have heard that name. I don't know. Maybe. <clears throat> But uh, I came back from traveling. I traveled Romania, Italy, Germany, Yugoslavia on the USA team, New York, New Jersey. We fought all these places. But when I came back, I had to take a stand. In life, there's times you got to take a stand, okay? And like the one I told you I took a while ago, yes. I guess. Yes. But anyway, I took a stand against what was then the AAU, Amateur Athletic Union. They were doing things with the money, that shouldn't the am, from amateur boxing that shouldn't have been done, and I took my stand and it knocked me out of going to the Olympics. Oh wow! And so that's why I didn't get to go. I'd already beat everybody. Wow! And so at sixteen, that's what I was doing. Oof. So at seventeen, quick, how good was Sugar Lake? Sugar Ray? He uh, he's he's a friend of mine, and so I want to brag on him. But he's the best that I've ever seen. Oh wow! And I've been the play. I've had the. 
privilege of being friends with Muhammad Ali and George Foreman and Joe Frazier and Roberta Duran, all the great ones. Sugar Ray Leonard is the best in my books for two reasons. He was the best all-around fighter that I have ever known. And that's saying a lot. I've known some great ones. Sure. But he was bigger. What's bigger than that? He's a great person. He's a great person. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we were talking about the larder earlier. Right. And I got to witness the Sugar Ray Leonard oh, cool. when we were 16 years old. And so that was pretty cool. That is cool. So anyways, then I turned pro. And as a pro, I, I just found out my pro record has been wrong all these years. I thought I had uh, 58 wins, five losses, and two draws, which was 65 fights total. Had 48 knockouts. I had less knockouts. I only had 42 knockouts, but I had 72 fights. Okay. So I was, you know, I had more fights, less knockouts, but it was still a good knockout record. Yeah. So that's that's my story, that's and awesome. I'm sticking to it. Well, it's a killer story, but the the you know we were just talking about a movie that might be out there and stuff like that. There's there's a second half of the story and something that I, I guess you went on to do. Can you tell us about your run? Uh, maybe maybe the other part would just give us some give, enlighten us some more. I'd love yeah, to. Yeah. Okay, so so um, years ago, um, I I was I went into the car business, and I was coming home one night, and I, I believe that God talks to us. I don't believe He's like says termite do this or that, but I think He tugs on that coat sometimes right. when you're wanting to do something and lets you know. And and it came on my heart that these words, it's my time to do my part. And I really didn't understand what that meant. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, it started leaning towards me going to Iraq. And all of a sudden, uh, I just had this burden to go to Iraq and do my part when, when the Iraqi war was starting. It was there, Iraq. Yeah, so that's, yes. That's the catalyst. Right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And so I went to Iraq. And, what um, year was this termite? This was in uh, four or five, so 2004 four. when the war started. Wow. Okay. Okay. And uh, and I may have my dates wrong. That's all right. I just got caught off guard in my... We don't do math uh, here. Yeah. It, oh, great, great. But it's when no the Iraqi... Checking, checking that's right, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we don't have fact All right, we, good. Tell, we tell legends here, yeah. right? We don't... <laughs> so I went to Iraq, and I, I'll tell you a little bit about that story. Because I believe... Do. I urge people to take a stand for what is right in life. You know, you got to. So I get to Iraq. I didn't have a clue what I was doing there, but I knew it was where I was supposed to be. So I went for pest control, okay, because that's what I, I grew up in. I had to go get my license again. And before I left, my, my ex-wife, the, the last thing she said to me before I got on the plane, what are you going to do? if a general cusses you. I said, well, I'll ask him not to cuss me. And she started crying. She said, don't go over there and get sent home. You just left this wonderful job in the car business and making lots of money and you go over here and, and um, you know, don't get sent home. First day in Iraq, all right? Now the first day I got overseas, it was in, it was in Kuwait. And then it was time to go to Iraq. We went across the Iraqi border and all of a sudden, the, as soon as I got there, we'd already been shot at. We'd had uh, 
um, miss, uh, rocket propelled grenade yeah, yeah. shot at RPGs. us. It was crazy, and I'm just a bug man. And uh, but we, I go inside this big wall where I was supposed to be, and the soldier said, "Are you the bug man?" They come up to me and said, "Are you the bug man?" I said, "I am." I was, and they said, uh, "The general wants to see you." There we go. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, what's going on? So they escort me in this building that's dark because all the bombs had put all the lights out. But there was a light in the back of the this hall where I was going to. We walk, and, of course, it was a generator-run light. So we walk in, and this, uh, this military gentleman, he saluted to the general and said, Bugman's reporting in, and... Um, and then they, excuse, they did their salute and walked out and left me there with this general. And I said, sir, my name is Termite Watkins. And he started, he just went into cussing me. And he was just cussing me and using words that I just don't allow people to use. What I just uh, want to talk about the fortune teller ex-wife here. How does she know you're going to get cussed by a general? Yeah, <laughs> yeah how the heck does she know that? It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And this is all part of the story I was right. telling you about. Yeah, wow. so, so he started cussing me. And so I just stood up and I leaned over. It was one of those rectangular fold-out tables, you know. That was his desk. Yeah. And uh, I just leaned over his desk and said, Sir, I didn't come here to get cussed out. I came here to control your bugs. And I said, If you cuss me again, we're, I, no, I told him, I said, You should probably send me back home because if you cuss me again, we're probably going to fight and you're probably not going to win. And he said, Where are you from, boy? I said, I'm from Texas. And by this time, I'm copping an attitude. Yeah. I said, I'm from Texas. He said, you might know it'd be a crazy Texan that would stand up against a general. I said, where are you from? He said, San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I'm going to give you 24 hours to get rid of my fly problem. And he says, if you don't, I'm going to send your so-and-so back. And I said, just don't cuss me and I'll get rid of your problem. Now, before I left, uh, when we were in Kuwait, went in and the supervisor said, Termite, I got good news and I got bad news. I said, well, what's the good news? He goes, you're going to Iraq. Well, that's when the war was starting. That was the good news. Is he said, you got a new home in Iraq. I said, well, what's the bad news? He goes, we got a mad general. And if, uh, he's going to file a, a breach of contract on KBR if we don't get rid of his problem. I said, well, just give me my stuff and let me go. And meaning pesticides. Right, right. And he said, well, we don't have any stuff. He handed me a little baggie with maybe two ounces. He goes, this is all we got. And I said, you're going to send me there with this? And then he said, he goes, didn't you used to be a car salesman? He goes, you better sell it or this one is going to send you. <laughs> and he sent me off. But you see, there's this story gets bigger. Oh, yeah. God never sends us anywhere without everything we need for our success. It's just he doesn't. And that two ounces ended up being the perfect amount. Now, uh, fly crystals is called scatterbait. Yeah. You pick it up by the handfuls and chunk it. I only had two ounces. But I got water bottles like this that the soldiers were drinking because that, that's the only clean water they had. And I cut the bottles in half, dried them out, tacked them up, and when I would put a little crumb or two crumbs in the little container. That become my crystal. The the fly bait was an attractant. It attracted the flies. Oh, so nice. the flies come to it. And in 24 hours, 
had no flies inside the general's office, wow. and I became his hero. So God always takes care he of me. He loved you. Oh, yeah, man. The, me and the general became great friends after this, and, and then when I got this story progressed, when the general left and another guy, um, Mr. Michael Gefeller, who was number four under President Bush, that's how high I got, uh, when the general was leaving, his tour was over, they called all the soldiers out, and they called me. And the soldiers all got into a, um, like a little U-shape kind of U-shape thing. thing. Yeah. And they put me in there with them, and he would come to each one of them, salute, and he'd go to the next and salute. And when he got to me, he goes, and he reached out and hugged me. Oh, man. And he says, don't let us down, meaning get our, I'd already been challenged all the way up to President Bush, got the letters to prove it, oh, wow. um, to get Iraq to the Olympics. Oh, cool. And so that's when I took, you know, we're probably going to confuse everybody. That's another story, but that's taking Iraq to the Olympics. Yeah, so that's the part that we want to make sure everybody hears, because I think that's what gave you the platform, uh, really, that then helped you launch your box. You know, current life, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Current life. So, so you, that's how you end up in Iraq. Now, tell yes. us how that manifested to all of a sudden now you're... In the coaching, bo yeah, coaching boxing. bot, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's just capture that story, and then we'll jump to what's happening today. Okay, so the um, the general saw the the respect I had amongst the Iraqi people. I treated them with respect. I took a stand for the Iraqi people when our people were treating them bad, and I helped them get some things they wanted. And so the the my name spread. Through Iraq, I mean, you couldn't hardly go to a village or a town without people knowing who I was, even though I'd never been there. Right. And so, um, uh, all the way up to President Bush, okay. And there was it was uh, Mr. Mike Gefeller, and then um, Paul Bremer, and then uh, one other, and then President Bush. Anyway, uh, they challenged me. They it was a military strategical move. And they said, if we can get Iraq to the Olympics, they hadn't been in 20 something years. And they said, if we can get Iraq to the Olympics, we give the people of Iraq something to look up to. Sure, something to hope. Hope, yeah. exactly, hope. Yeah. You can't live without hope, none of us can. Right. And, um, and it was literally when Mike Gefeller came to me and asked me, he said, uh, it was kind of funny, I was sitting at a, a little table in the defect, and he had called me in for the meeting. And I walk in, he's sitting at this little plastic table. I said, well, You know, what can I do for you, sir? He said, Have a seat. And uh, well, actually, I was sitting, and I said, Have a seat. I, I was making a joke out of it. I said, Have a seat in my office. And uh, he sat down, and he says, What are the odds of getting the country of Iraq to the Olympics? And I said, Oh, maybe a one, maybe a one in a million. And he says, great, all we need is the one. We don't need the million. I expect you to get it done. <laughs> and uh, I, he says, what do you need? I said, money. He goes, how much? And I threw a number out there. I just threw it out there. And uh, it was a couple of hundred thousand dollars, of, you know, for airplane tickets and taking, you know, the, the team different yeah, places. Facility, oh, yeah, facility, everything. Right. And uh, Staff. he says, not a problem. And uh, he said, and what it was, Saddam, people don't know this, but I got to be in on it. Saddam had uh, 60, 
360 something million American dollars. And he had it in 1 million stacks. Okay. That's crazy. Now, this is what gets crazy. It gets crazier. You know, people say we shouldn't have been there and all that. Everybody's got their opinion. But the 360 million was because Saddam was planning on leaving Iraq. His goal could never happen, but was to come to America and take over America. And that was his goal. And he had all this American cash. Oh, wow. That was there. And so we, I got to use part of that cash uh, that had been confiscated. And um, That's great. and we we got them, and this is another whole story, but it was for another time. But it was just a, it was unbelievable how we actually got them to the Olympics. And so, you, just to clarify, you took the uh, Iraqi boxing team to the Olympics. Right? Okay, it or actually was... it went bigger. Okay, it started out. Our goal was to get the Iraqi boxing team. I had to put a. Did they have uh, a boxing team before you got there? They did not. Okay. Did they have they, guys they that had was boxing as a sport? Okay, they did. Okay. They had boxers as a sport. And a matter of fact, boxing, they say, started in um, either Europe or Iraq. It depends on who you're talking to. Okay. Oh, wow. And, the sport uh, of boxing started in that region of the, of the world. Yeah, so, wow. so they had yeah. a pretty fluid boxing No, they, they had a bunch of barefooted wannabes. And they told me we gotta we gotta put together a team. So I made it um, to where we could vote on it. Saddam just told who was going. Sure. I made it uh, you know, where everybody could vote. More democratic. More democratic, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and um, I actually put boxing shows on for our military. And uh, the the winners we had twenty something fighters that got to fight. And we ended up having eleven winners, and uh, that smokers. Yeah, yeah and uh, then uh, when it come down to it, whole another story. Uh, we didn't win the fights that we needed to to win to qualify to qualify. Okay, but what happened? I had taken a stand against somebody. I'm always taking stands yeah. uh, that was corrupt in the International Olympic. Committee? No, there's a couple of those in there. <laughs> You're there kidding was, me. There was one or two. This guy was was from Pakistan. He ruled with an iron hand. On he controlled it. I took a stand against him because he threatened my life, and I put him on on every major network in the world was actually following me and covering me in Iraq. It was kind of cool. I'd walk down <laughs> the street, and this whole bunch of media. We're following me. You would have thought I was somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but That's uh, so cool. So uh, we didn't win the fights that we needed to win to go. We won, but we weren't getting decisions. They were cheating us out of decisions. Hmm. And But I had raised such a stink with this Anwar Chowdhury. I'll tell you who it is. Anwar Chowdhury. And uh, that when it was over, he brought me. Our military called me one day. Get in here, get in here right now. Come right now. And so I come, and a British colonel says, we did it. I said, did what? He says, we're going to the Olympics. I said, what do you mean we didn't? We we, we we didn't get to. He says, no. He says, not only do you get to take the boxing team, we got a wild card. We get to take every sport in Iraq to the Olympics. I'm tearing up now right. because yeah. uh, he says, you get to take every sport to the Olympics, you did. 
You made this happen, which it wasn't me. It was me and a team of people. Sure. It was a team. I, I got the credit, but it was um, a team of people. And, uh, you know, I want my hats off to the general, General Buck, and all the way up to President Bush because I didn't have an idea that I could do this. Yeah. Right. How many sports, roughly, if you remember? It gets well, you had weightlifting, you had swimming, you had track, you wow. had the long distance, you had... I kind of want to go back and watch that year Olympics now and just see. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so like, cool. You can find yeah, it. So yeah, it's all 2004. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In so Greece. You, uh, yeah. But you wrote a book about it, right? I mean, somebody wrote a book. <clears throat> yeah, I had a, a high school friend. Well, actually, uh, all the way from when we were three or four years old, she always wanted to write a book, Susie Pepper, and uh, she wanted to write this book. We didn't have the money to write, get a book written, written good. And so she was real smart and she wrote it and did real good. Yeah. So I, I, I was telling the termite before the show, my mom gave me that book when I was a little young motivated kid or whatever. And I read it. And so, and that's how I grew to know the legend of termite. Uh, but I that's awesome. actually didn't meet him until about six years ago, which is pretty mm -hmm. cool, but pretty amazing stuff what you did. But I think it gave you a platform, which I want to make sure we use while we have uh, probably about five minutes left on the show. Uh, we really, we'll have to have you back for another episode, but let's use this last five minutes. This gave you a jump off point, right? It gave you to where, you know, like I said, you become this local legend. Uh, you come back, you've done all these great things, uh, got these kids to the Olympics. I mean, I'm, I'm tearing up thinking about the, yeah. just the impact of what you were able to do. How has that helped you today? What are you doing now? You never have quit giving back to people. So yeah. now what are you doing? And certainly you haven't quit using boxing as a Yeah, as a you're using boxing right? as a platform. Yeah. So tell us about what you're doing now so that our audience knows and how they can get plugged in or be involved or just get to know more about this. I'm going to tell you some of the real important things, and then maybe we can come back and I can tell you what I'm doing work-wise. Because yeah. I, I really would like to do that because I've got some companies that I represent yeah. that I'd like to brag on and talk about. But the things that I'm doing that are important um, is I've dedicated my life to Christ, okay, 100%. And um, my I help kids through boxing. Mm -hmm. I have a boxing gym called Fighter Nation, Fighter Nation Boxing Gymnasium. That's on the east side of Houston, um, 13305 Wood Forest Boulevard. Yeah, so I-10 Sheldon Road, kind of Channel View area, yeah, right? U-Valley. U-Valley, yeah, got it. Okay, exactly. Got it. Yep. I'd love to invite you over there. Um, to a but I yeah. get kids, oh, well, we should do this for my gym. Yeah. yeah. In the ring. I have the ring that Muhammad Ali fought in. In 1966 at the Astrodome. Oh, he told me that, by the way, on the, yeah. on the we were on that call. He said that out loud. I was like, yeah. oh, wow. We, we should get y'all in the ring and do one of these shows Let's do it. in the ring. Which uh, I say, <laughs> Amanda, Amanda's got to make all that happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chad, Burke, Chad so, Burke, you're doing that. Okay. So, <laughs> so a couple of things. One, I, I want to finish up with saying Fighter Nation Boxing Gymnasium. Okay. We help kids get off the street. We've helped a couple of thousand kids now. Uh, during, um, uh, uh, and that's over a 13 year period. That's great. And, uh, lot, but it's, it, yeah. And we've got one young man that went on to be a preacher. He was a gang member. We've, uh, helped. This is not going to sound a lot, a lot, but we've helped four gang members get out of gangs and getting, I go alive, I get out I, alive I and successful. This, no, I, I, I actually have to go and and I'm very limited on what I can say, and so I'm very, sure. but you can piece it together. But I've actually went and talked to the 
head of a couple of major gangs, which I will not give them credit on telling who they are. Right. And But uh, in these gangs, it's blood in and blood out. Mm -hmm. uh, if you try to leave, they'll kill you. And we've managed to get four kids out. Wow. Four, four young men. I hate to say kids, yeah. four young men. Uh, but they are getting them when they're kids. Right, sure. They're getting them when they're kids. So Fighter Nation Boxing Gymnasium. Uh, we'd love to have you come, you know, uh, termitewatkins at yahoo.com if you want more information about it. termitewatkins at yahoo.com. I'd love for you to come over there. Um, but then I also want to promote my podcast. Yeah. Uh, me and a friend of mine, uh, one we'll call him Mr. S. Uh, his name is Donald, but goes by the stage name of Mr. S. In the ring with Termite and Mr. S. Awesome. And we do stuff of, which we're going to have you, and I'd love to have you, and and love to have you because you. I'm putting you on the spot, and uh, uh, but uh, I'd love to have y'all come and be a part. It's is we're talking to people about overcoming people that have hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And maybe overcome things, which we all do. That's right. We all do. And uh, more than just, ever these days, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, in terms of you do speaking, right? I do. Okay. So, motivational speaking and things like that. I mean, we, we're all motivated. I'm ready to go right now. Um, but uh, I think, and, and really just kind of throughout the region, and we keep using the term local legend, but for, for one of our own, right, to have got a letter from George Bush, you know, been out to, just your story and then now what you're doing locally, right? Never having, and then, and, and then remaining humble throughout all of it, right? Just being who you are. You're unapologetically you. I'm me. Right? So, you know, and I think, I think, I really think you embody um, this, this region. You know, I think that as a season finale and thinking in terms of just because we're, we're talking about a global impact, we're talking sure. about gritty, we're talking about, Fighting, we're talking about caring, we're talking about community, all the things. Talking about, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to figure it out. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to figure it out. Right, but and that's the region. When you get out into, you know, I mean, I, I, I laugh because people people who don't know our area, they fly in, they land, or whatever, in Hobby or whatever, cruise down, and they're like, what is all that ugly, messy stuff over there? Because they see this, the, the stacks, refineries yeah. and the stacks. And so people don't, you know, people don't look at it and go, oh, man, it's Miami. You know, um, but what they forget is this is, you know, it's an embodied, you're an embodiment of the region. You know, tough, gritty fighters. Yeah. Economic stand engine. Up for, what's right. That's right. That's right. going to get out and make these things happen. And this is kind of a, a great way, a kind of a testament to really the Pasadena, Deer Park, East Coast, East Side, or East Side uh, part of Houston. Uh, and then you're living and breathing in it every day and, uh, and just a cornerstone of it. So we're thankful for that. Well, I, I want to say this, speaking about the East Side and the Pasadena and the Deer Park, I think we live in the greatest place you could possibly live, in my opinion, in America. Amen. Why would I want to live anywhere but here? I'm proud to say that I'm from the Deer Park. You know, I lived 20-something years in Deer Park. I'm from the East Side. Okay. And I love this area. Um, my ex-father-in-law, which is one of the greatest men I ever knew, he said that all these stacks you smell and people that smell it is the smell of money. <laughs> and uh, and he's so right. We, if you want to be in business, we're in the greatest part of the country 
that a person could be in business. Yep. Economic engine for the world, this city. Yeah. That's and this right. part of the city, too. And, so, yeah. uh, and, 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 and again, it, it just, it's a great example of that. So, mm -hmm. Well, Termite, we're... Uh, I think we I think we have to have another termite show um, for sure, but this time we're coming to your turf, okay. uh, which would be great. So let's we'll figure out a way. To I'll start training now to knock can you we, out, Jason. Manny, can we figure out a way to pull that? We're off? definitely not in the same we'll weight class, though, right? Same weight class. Same weight. He's gonna start training to knock me out. <laughs> no oh, chance. Man. No chance. That's yes. gonna happen. Yeah, I'm all mouth. <laughs> it's okay. I don't, I don't like to get hit, so we, we'll just call it a draw. Soft chin, right. that's right. Can I leave this with the final thought? Please. Sure, please, please do. Um, please do. I, I, I have a, a saying that you can always find a way. Yeah. And there's people out there struggling right now. And um, I've struggled through different parts of my life, and I've had to overcome... You know, I'm telling you the good part of my life. There's also a bad part of my life that I went through. Sure. But I want to leave this with the people out there. This is for somebody out there. You can always find a way in life. Amen. No matter what it is, mm -hmm. you can always find a way. Like to leave Appreciate it. Termite, that was a great way to close out. And, and for our audience, again, um, you said it earlier, Termite at Yahoo. Termite Watkins at Yahoo. Termite Watkins at at yahoo.com. Yahoo. And if they want me to come speak, just send me an email. Yeah. Watkins at yahoo.com. Yeah. And then can they can people still get your book? I mean, it's uh, still in publication. We've taken it off the market, okay. but you can sometimes get it on um, Amazon. 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 There you go. You See? might be able to track what's the name yeah. of the book. Termite. Termite. There uh -huh. you go. Awesome. And the movie. And the movie. Is uh, a close of this. Uh, will be called either Termite. Or they call me termite. Okay, cool. And so I vote anyway. for the second one. I like yeah, the second one. I like that. Yeah. They call me termite. I, that's pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. You want to hear the reason they got that? Do we have enough time? Oh, sure. Yeah. Say, okay. Yeah, we, All right. The way we, we got we that, that so me, Halle Berry, and Val Kilmer <laughs> signed with, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, Production the William Morris Agency. Yeah, yeah. We signed with the William Morris okay. Agency years ago. I'm not with them now, but uh, we signed with them. We signed the same week. I didn't get to meet with all of them, but yeah. we were all on this in the newspaper, and right. that we had all signed with the William Morris Agency. And at that time, we were trying to come up with a name for the movie. And all of a sudden, my producer at that time, Fred Kuder, goes, they call me Termite. They said, what? Well, when termite meets somebody, they they'll say, "Well, my name is Jim." He said, "Well, they call me termite." Yeah, and so that's how that come up with. That's so that. cool. So anyway, it. we'll talk about that another time. Termite, I love legend. That. So hey guys, uh, great way to close out the season. Uh, if you're if you're watching it now, we're we're wrapping up the year. We hope that you've had a great year, and we want to thank you. Eight seasons is a long time. Uh, started my first. It's yeah, great. First season. Thanks for having yeah, first, me. It's first been season fun. with our, my new co-host. I'm excited about that. It's just been a true blessing. We hope that uh, as you get heading into the holiday season, you wrap up, you have a great time to reflect. Find a way, uh, I think, is a great, great, great. Find slogan. a way with be with family and your friends. Yeah, find a way. So find a way to spend time with the right people, doing the sure. right things, and preparing for 2024. And as always, you can always get back in touch with myself or Zeke through LinkedIn yep. or go to the Economic Alliance Houston Port Region to stay plugged in and tuned in to all the great things that we're doing. We want to thank you again, and we'll look forward to seeing you guys next season. 
Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to go to the Economic Alliance Houston Port Region website and subscribe to our channels. And let's pay it forward by sharing the good news of what's happening in our region by passing this episode to somebody you know.